0: And who knew? I mean, at the beginning, when I quit my job, people were like, "You're going to start a worm business? Like, are you nuts? There's got to be easier ways." And I would agree, there's got to be. There are. But is it the easy route that you want for a wonderful life? Not necessarily, right? I think when we when we get out of the box, when we get out of get out of the way when we're not following everybody else and doing what everyone thinks we should be doing. That's when we get to live a life of magic.
1: You are listening to the Lifelong Learners Collective. This is a podcast that facilitates a community of game changers and expansive thinkers ready to become the most bold, vibrant versions of yourselves as you each manifest the life you desire as each episode is recorded to inspire you. I'm your host, Ella, and I am thrilled to have you on this lifelong learning journey with me and my incredible guests. I wanted to take some time and start this episode off with a confession to you guys. I want to show up very authentically and I want to tell you guys everything. So this is something that I just want you all to know, and that is whenever I'm doing an interview with a guest, I usually will take some time before then to kind of get to know them, know how they want to be introduced, what they want to focus on talking about. That way we can get through this show efficiently and to the point, you know, respecting you guys time, make sure the show is going to contain valuable information for you. And while I'm doing these interviews, there's been a handful of times where I should have pressed the record button sooner because information that I get from the pre-interviews, basically basically vetting them to be on the show, some of the information I get is like, man, I really wish this could be on the show. And almost everything that this next guest, Kathy Nesbitt, said I really wish I would have recorded earlier because she has so much wealth of information. She has a psychology background. She had you know, a long-term career. She has so many businesses. We focus on her um, indoor composting business when we're talking on the show, but she's got such a wealth of information. She is a practitioner of yoga and an instructor, something called Laughter Yoga. She has so much to share with us. And I'm probably going to have her back on the show again, but it was so cool because we talked about our morning routines, how important it was to start our morning off on a good foot to set the tone for the rest of the day. And she has listened to a few episodes and she said, you know what? I like to, you know, have mushrooms. The, you know, not the hallucinogenic mushrooms. Let's not get that confused, but she was talking about the health benefits of mushrooms because we're both into Microgreens and holistic health. So she was talking about that. She's like, yeah, I love my mushrooms. And I, I know you to drink mushrooms every morning too. And I said, yeah, I just started back in November when I wanted to partner with magic mind. And I just like, wait a second, that's a partner of the show. And I've also noticed that I've been able to focus more, that I've been able to sustain energy better throughout the day as opposed to when I was just drinking coffee and even energy drinks. Energy drinks, I just, you do research on some of these energy drinks and what they do to your hearts and what, well, yeah, just, just don't do it. But. This Magic Mind Elixir, it is a product I completely stand behind. And I'm going to let you guys know, I'm not going to endorse any product on this show that I do not use. That's why, you know, it has taken me a while to get a sponsor, to get, you know, a partner on the podcast that I could really talk about. And this stuff is so good. It is legit. I have added Magic Mind every morning to my coffee. So I'll have one cup of coffee just because I like a hot beverage every morning, but this stuff is just giving me that quick energy boost with one fourth of the caffeine that you find in energy drinks. I drink less coffee. Basically I drink coffee because I like the warm beverage feeling and I like the taste of the creamer, you know, whatever. I probably don't even need the coffee with it. I also know that I have a lot less stress and sleep better because it's not as heavy on the caffeine. And when you look at the ingredients on the back of this, you're seeing matcha, you're seeing ashwagandha, lion's mane mushrooms, cordyceps, mushrooms, when you're it's ingredients that i know about it's not ingredients that i have to wonder about that like i would with energy drinks or even the chemical components of some coffee but the health benefits behind lion's mane mushrooms and cordyceps mushrooms the adaptogens and the nootropics I mean, they are known to reduce inflammation. They strengthen your immune system. So important with the temperatures changing and support the higher energy levels. The ashwagandha reduces stress and anxiety and the matcha. I don't like the taste of matcha by itself, but the taste of this drink is amazing. So matcha, it contains an additional compound called catchogens, and that's going to extend the benefits of the caffeine and it cause a lower release. It's like an extended release version of the caffeine compared to the instant that you get with coffee and the crash you get when the coffee goes away. So this stuff, it just keeps going. It energizes me from 5 a.m. to 10 (laughs) p.m. Now you know my bed schedule. Just energizes me throughout. It's helped me get better sleep. I completely stand behind this product. It works. It has helped me. And if you're like me and you have a busy schedule and a lot of ambition and have to stay focused throughout the day, you definitely have to try Magic Mind. So the code to get Magic Mind is www.magicmind.com, M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D.com slash Jan, short for January, J-A-N, better self. So again, it's www.magicmind.com slash Jan better self and you're going to use my code BETTERSELF20. Now with the code, you're going to get up to 56% off your first subscription if you choose to get a subscription, or you get 20% off your first one-time purchase. Now my 56% discount only lasts up to 10 days, so hurry up and go ahead and get this. The Magic Mantine created a super offer for me to share with you guys because... They know I love the product. They know I love working with them, and they know my listener base. So, go ahead, use the code BetterSelf20. Good news: if you already use this stuff, if you already have a Magic Man subscription, you can use it and get twenty percent off a one-time purchase. Still, so go on the website, www.magicmind.com slash Jan better self short for January, and then use my code better self 20. You guys are going to love this stuff. And if you don't, There, there There's a guarantee, but you're going to love it. I promise you. Now, without further ado, I do want to get into the interview with Kathy Nesbitt. You guys are going to love her. She has so much amazing things to share. And what we're going to be talking about, spoiler alert, I'm excited to share this with you. We're going to be talking about worms. Now think about what you think when you hear the term worms. You probably read a lot of children's book making worms the the bad guy, or you think worms are gross and worms are this and that. Now you're going to see worms in a whole new light when you listen to the show. So go ahead and give it a listen. And yeah, thanks again and enjoy the interview. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Lifelong Learners Collective. I'm so excited to have my first guest on this year, Kathy Nesbitt. Kathy Nesbit is the Worm Queen and Lifelong Health Ambassador. And yes, we're going to start the new year off talking about worms. We're going to learn about worms today. So excited. Hey, Kathy. Hey,
0: Ella. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year. You.
1: <laughs> yes, we're excited to have you today. Uh, just be on the show. You've got So much wit about you and you've got so much to teach us. So go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us what you're about and give us a background on who you are and why you do what you do.
0: All right. So it's the 22nd anniversary of my worm composting business, Kathy's Crawley Composters. Yes, wow. congratulations. Wow. Can you imagine? 22 years selling worms. Whew. And how that started. So I'm located in Canada, just north of Toronto, largest city in Canada. In 2002, our landfill closed. And although Canada's a pretty large country, we couldn't find a spot to site a new landfill. And we started to export our garbage to the U.S. A thousand trucks a week. Wow. Whew. Wow. That's like, it's completely irresponsible. First of all, (laughs) it's a waste of our tax dollars. Second of all, and uh, it's just a shame. It's just really harmful all around and, and just a quick fix. It's, it's not even a fix, but it was just a quick solution.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, As landfills are.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. It just allows us somewhere to, you know, away. We send our garbage away. There's no away. We are the environment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So I had a solution. What I'm talking about is indoor composting with worms. In Toronto, there are six million people, half live in condos, townhouses, places without space to do outdoor composting. Uh, So this is a solution for apartment dwellers. And I set forth with a really good idea. People don't buy solution, I didn't know. And people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want. And they didn't want worms. But I didn't I wasn't listening. I was like, No, no, you need this, this is important. I would have a table at wherever I could have a booth set up educating people. And I have tons of energy. So I was like, Oh, this is important, you gotta do it. Um and I realized I have a psych degree, so I'm fascinated by people and and why they do what they do. And I, you know, whenever I was exhibiting, people would say, ooh, worms, worms in the house. And and I realized people were traumatized as children by worms, either in the schoolyard after a rainy day or a fishing incident, something happened. So if you were traumatized as a child, you're not looking for that as a solution as an adult. Yeah, so, so I started to do school workshops and I said, wow, now I just have to wait 20 years for the kids to have buying power. You. I
1: made it. Well, it's like worms are taught early on to us. It's like, oh, everybody hates you. You got to eat worms. I mean, there's just different connotations with worms in books and stuff. They're just, they're known to be gross and scary. And, but they're absolutely necessary. Even the word worm.
0: Even the word is, is kind of has a negative connotation. Like can of worms is usually a bad thing. I'm working can on Can of that.
1: worms, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> right, earworm. Now I'm trying to make that a good thing too. You know, a song that keeps going through your head. Parasites, computer viruses are often, often worms. So, worms. Um, yeah, the idea of worms, it just is is, is a negative thing. I'm working on shuffling that all around. <laughs>
1: Changing the narrative. Well, it's even, yeah. you know... we're always taught to be terrified of snakes. I mean, yeah, snakes can bite you and they can be poisonous, but you kind of have to pick a fight with a snake or accidentally step on it for it to bite you.
0: Right? Same with worms. I mean, they can't... Yeah, and worms can't even bite. They don't even have teeth. They they don't have eyes. There's nothing they can do except, you know, maybe poop on you or something if they get on you. (laughs) They're so helpless. You know, I...
1: Of course, I love seafood, but I was traumatized fishing as a kid because I hated hooking the worm in the hook. I'm like, oh, I have to stab a worm? Then I have to stab the fish? I don't want to do this.
0: Right. Right? So that's, well, that's what I mean. So if you were traumatized as a child, you're not like, oh, I'm going to have worms in my house. So mm-hmm. so can I just talk about how this works so that people understand? Absolutely. That I was going
1: to ask you like what they eat. Yeah, Probably, yeah. I want. That's what I was getting to. So, yeah, go ahead and tell us.
0: So, so composting is usually done outside. No special equipment. You have you mm-hmm. add in your like maybe you have a pile or you have an actual composter. You like add in your salad so you
1: and fruit and
0: yeah, and yeah. your yard waste and like your leaves, your grass clippings. That kind of material goes in.
1: Oh yeah, I I don't understand why people are so bothered by leaves, but. Whatever. Le-
0: oh, just leave the leaves. Like it's in the word. Like leave yeah. them. Everyone or get their dandelions. And, Oh my gosh! Or dandelions, just like they're so beautiful. They they're yellow and then they're white and they're fluffy, and you can eat them. You can eat the whole dandelion. That, and that's what I was going to say. Dandelions are
1: some of the most nutritious things you can eat. Yeah. Now right? the ones in your
0: backyards they- might have pesticides in
1: it or something like that. But wh- why are well, not, we not so if you didn't put pesticides? <laughs> exactly.
0: You know, that's, that's something. There's no food shortage. There's no food shortage. We just need to look outside. We can eat most of the weeds that are out in the garden, like clovers as nutritious, creeping Charlie, Charlie tastes like mint, all these things that are garlics, garlic. garlic, Um, what is it called? Garlic scapes? Um, it's that invasive garlic one, garlic mustard is so delicious. You can make pesto out of it. So you just collect all the weeds. I'm going to have to start
1: looking that up.
0: Right, it's so beautiful, and then they're so nutritious. They grew right there. Mm-hmm. I think if something's growing in your yard, that thing is for you. That's for you. You need that. Somebody, sh-
1: somebody showed me a spider bite. They got a spider bite, and they took a certain kind of leaf that grows. I think it's like a grape leaf, or I don't know what it's called, but no, a banana leaf, and it grows in everybody's yard. And you can take that, put it on the spider bite, and help heal the spider bite.
0: Yeah. Nature has provided everything for us. Wherever Mm -hmm. you see poison ivy, the antidote is is growing right there. It's a little, it's got an orange jewel flower. If you ever see those, if you're walking in the forest, they grow together. So if you see that orange flower, it's like, oh, poison ivy is in the area. Wow. It's amazing. I didn't know that. Nature, right? Nature. It's so beautiful. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, and learning about it is there's so much to learn because it's been evolving all of this time. It's really magic. So back It really to the is. <laughs> yeah, tell us about the composting.
1: Tell us what the worms eat, where you put them, how you care for them. I want to know it all.
0: Yeah, so so just like outdoor composting, same idea except it's done inside. Management is required because you don't want to have fruit flies or, you know, a smell or anything. So you want to make sure that you manage your bin. For the do-it-yourself is, I'll, I'll use like a Rubbermaid. So just any, a tote will work. Your mm-hmm. carbon is your shredded paper. Cause you, and if you live in an apartment, you might not have access to leaves. Um, so you can use shredded paper. Newsprint is great. Um, you can use like the drink trays from the coffee shop, egg cartons, you know, cardboard boxes, any of those materials will work. Um, paper plates, napkins, bags, all of those. And then your your food scraps are all of your fruit and veg. So coffee, tea, pasta, rice. um, What stays out? No meat, no dairy, no sauce. And it's not that they're vegetarian. No meat, no dairy, no sauce. Yeah, it's not that they're vegetarian. It's just those materials rot faster than the worms can keep up, and -hmm. they may attract other critter like rodents and stuff. They would be. And
1: realistically, what was used to grow that meat, that dairy? That's a whole dark. Right. Yes.
0: Right. So, and that's for us too. We need to be aware of those, Mm -hmm. those things for us and same with GMOs and like genetically Mm -hmm. modified, but that, well, that's not what we're talking about here. (laughs) Well, we we can, I would like to actually pop something in, you know, the worms are very resilient. They're very um, forgiving. Sometimes people will call me and say something happened to my worms. My worms all died because if something happens, it happens fast. And then we go back, I say, what did you add in? What did you add in? What happened? And I try and figure out what happened. Sometimes if they've added in something that's genetically modified, it can be harmful. Or if it's got I was chemical remise.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about the pesticides. If yeah. a worm eats some of the pesticides that's in our food, I have that, you know, I do the lemon juice and wash everything thoroughly. But, you know, a lot of foods have a wax on it. It's not natural. and
0: You know, and even the water now, Ella, like it's really, it's, it's becoming so complicated. We chlorinate yeah, is our water. Fluoride, fluoride forget about it. But chlorine, so chlorine evaporates. That's why they need to keep on adding it to pools. But they've added another element on there. And now it's chloramine. And it doesn't evaporate. And that's chloramine. harmful to worms. Chloramine—it's not every town that has that, and I don't even—I not don't, I, I don't even know how you find that out. Um, you would have to go to your mis- municipality and find out if they add chloramine in, instead of just chlor- um, chlorine. I bet, anyway, I
1: bet the worms are a great indicator. I, I think you could use those worms to learn about what's in your fruits and vegetables and your water as well.
0: Yeah. Do they like it or they don't like it? (laughs) If they're (laughs) squirming away from it, (laughs) you should too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you have your shredded papers, your bedding, the worms live in the, in the paper, you add a little bit of soil for the microbes. So it's the microbes that are the heavy hitters. They're doing all the breaking down, the decomposing. And then the worms are kind of the cleanup crew. They come along, they eat all the poop from all those critters and they eat even the little critters. Um, and then they're poop, so they're eating the food scraps and the paper they require both, and they convert that material into I call it black gold. They're the original alchemists. they convert something we call garbage into soil that we can put back in the in the ground. So what we've done with our you know our progressive super smart ways is we put it in a bag, we put it in the truck, and the truck takes it away I mean like which is convenient for us, it's so convenient. But is it really? When we think about how sick we've become, we're, we're, we're sick because our food is broken, our environment is broken, the air is toxic, the the water's toxic. So this is a way. Nature shows us what we need to do. And the worms are one of the vehicles that we can use to re- reduce the volume and manage the, it, this on site. My goal is, is, is it's, it's small because I want the individual to do worm composting. I want everyone, everyone to have worms. And that was my goal when I started worms in every living space, every home, every school, every classroom, not just one in a school as a project, every business, everywhere, worms in every community center. So when you're eating your apple, oh, you've got your core, you're like, oh, where's the worm bin? And you just know it goes in like the recycling program.
1: I love it. Yeah. So you can do, instead of just putting, I mean, we were taught to recycle growing up, but what we weren't taught is what's recyclable and what's not. I mean, we were, but there's some plastics that are not recyclable at all. And recycling is not always as accessible for some people in some communities. Sometimes you have to pay extra to be able to do that. So it's also helpful to have something in your house or in your home space that is going to be a solution to the issue. And you're actually feeding living creatures. And then you're able to make soil for the vegetables or fruits that you're growing. It, it just all sounds amazing. Now, do the worms mainly stay inside or are they outside?
0: Uh, so this is indoor composting. Indoor? In the house. Indoor. I mean, it can be done outside spring, summer, and fall. Uh, but then you got to look at, um, there's and lots you of- lose them. Well, they stay in the bin. They're going to stay where they are because they're a, they're not soil dwellers. These uh, composting worms are actually composting worms. So they would you would find them in manure piles, compost piles, you know, rotting leaves. You might find the the worms. These worms, they're red wigglers or European nightcrawlers in North America. Red, red wigglers. Um, yeah. So they they would stay in. You know, the, there's three set three elements for successful vermicomposting: temperature, moisture, and airflow. Temperature is uh, 60 to 80 Fahrenheit, 16 to 20 uh, Celsius. <laughs> I'm bilingual. <laughs> 16 to 28, that is, Celsius. Uh, it, moisture is about 75% humidity. You you don't need meters for this. You can just feel that, oh, it's me- it's wet. It's moist. And if we're comfortable, the worms will be comfortable. It's the temperature change that they don't like. So, yes, you can put them outside in the summer, but in in where I live it's it might be really hot during the day, cool at night, and they don't like the temperature change. They want it consistent. Kinda like us. And they don't they kinda like us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then they're eating that material. They eat about half their weight. So I'll I'll use a pound of worms as as for easy math. And and a pound of worms may be what a family would, would need. So a pound of worms, um, they eat about half their weight per day in food scraps, half a pound per day of, of food scraps, or three to four pounds per week. So it's really substantial. And the worms are increasing in number. They, they breed more than rabbits. So they're, um, <laughs> they're, which, you know, people always use the, the rabbits as a thing of how much something reproduces because they don't think that worms are cute and cuddly, maybe, <laughs> depending who you ask. <laughs> um, yeah, so once the worms, if you can maybe start with a pound, and if that's not enough for, for your family to manage your scraps, then you can set up another bin and add, add take the, some worms from there, add the worms there. They're going to reproduce in both bins, so then you can expand your system naturally.
1: So one pound of worms is basically going to be a lifetime purchase A one time if you're taking care of them and allowing them to reproduce it's not something you have to subscribe to it's not something you it's not like oh here's your monthly subscription of worms it's something that you buy once and have for a lifetime
0: see the problem with my business model no repeat customers right? They, they like the 60, whatever, 80, 20 rule, 20% of your clients, 80% of your revenue, not in a worm business, unless you choose to sell the compost, which I did not, because I believe that I was divinely guided to do this. And I wanted to provide a solution for everybody. And so mm-hmm. I have the challenge is, you know, th- I, I have all this energy. So I think that's why I was given this business. So that I could just keep on and and doing the worm workshops. So doing the the school workshops allowed me to reach a wider audience and educate the kids. Because I realized early on, my demographic—I'm in my sixties. Um They're they're set in their ways. They're like, "Nah, that sounds like a lot of work." Or maybe, "What do I care? I only have a few years left," which is really horrible thinking, <laughs> you know. So. I I decided that I needed to educate the kids, so then then they grow up knowing that worms are something that we can use as a solution.
1: I love it, yeah, because kids are going to be more. I think they're a little more conscientious than we are, in a lot of ways. I also think they're eager to learn something new and to make a difference. That's when I learned about recycling, and it's good for them to learn it that at that age, and then they go home. And they're telling their parents, it's like, hey, let's get some red wigglers to take care of our compost. And kids are educating their parents these days.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's been a a, an incredible journey. Looking back, you know, you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect the dots going back after you've been like, Oh, that's why I met that person. That's why I had to go there. And then you're like boom, 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 oh, ta-da. And who knew? I mean, at the beginning. When I quit my job, people were like, you're going to start a worm business? Like, are you nuts? There's got to be easier ways. And I would agree. There's got to be. There are. But is it the easy route that you want for a wonderful life? Not necessarily, right? I think when we, when we get out of the box, when we get out of, get out of the way, when we're not following everybody else and doing what everyone thinks we should be doing. That's when we get to live a life of magic. And it's outside. It's when you feel that frustration, when it's really, really scary, when you're like, oh, my gosh. And you have that feeling in your stomach. You're like, "Like holy crap, I don't know if I can do this. That's when you got to keep on going and go like plow through that that feeling. Because once you get to the other side, it's like, wow, like a whole new world opens up to you that you didn't know in your little ball box. We we talked about academia at the beginning and like offline. And I think like, yeah, you can know lots of stuff, but you're still know stuff in your, in your, um, topic, like in your, your expertise, you still only know what you know in your ball. So if you get, get outside where, where what, you know, that's what the, where the magic is, I believe. Like you can, you can be safe and safe in air quotes. (laughs) You can, you can live like a comfortable life and it's fine. But when you look back at, at the end of your life, are you going to be like, Oh, thank God I was safe. Like what a, what a monotone life I lived. It was, it was safe, but I didn't have any really experiences. I can say having this worm business, I've had more unique experiences than I can ever have imagined. Ever, I could never have imagined being invited to speak at conferences, not around the world, but three countries anyway. <laughs> you know, still, and, three countries. Yeah, that's right? more than
1: most people travel to in a lifetime.
0: Exactly, and and so I think just being open to what if the, there's p- possibility to live this magic life. And not living the life that your parents maybe didn't get to live. Like you, maybe your parents wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor or something. And so now they're fobbing that on you. Now you have to do that because that's what they wanted to do. And they didn't have the chance. So now they're paying for your schooling and that's fine. That's great. You get Like how many people have you met that are lawyers or doctors? And they're like, they hate their life. I don't know how many, but you know, like where they're just like, ah, This isn't what I I really wanted to play drums or something. Like you got to do what 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 your heart is calling.
1: It's what they were told to do, and that's that's something I always say. Is like you know you're told this is the life to live, and I was using the example the other day. I said, yeah, when I was living on autopilot. They're like, what do you Mm -hmm. mean by that? I was living on cruise control. I was just going along with the crowd, going along with the flow. I didn't always ask myself ten years ago, what is it that I really want. What would I like to do? What would I do if money weren't an option? I didn't ask myself those questions. Or what do I actually enjoy? Like well, back then, I would have been like, "Yeah, yeah I like going out, listening to live music, and I like to have a few drinks, and I like to dance." And da 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 da. Now I feel like I have more to talk about, but I also just am more in touch with who, what I want to do and who I am.
0: Right? Are, yeah.
1: Sometimes I say this to people and they're kind of like, okay, she's a little out there, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people thinking I'm weird and out there and just like, what, what is she like, you know, sitting at home and eating by herself? Or why does she not want to go out and do anything on Sunday nights? I'm okay with that. I'm like, no, this is, I do what's rewarding for me. And it sounds like that's what you found. You found something that's rewarding for you, something that a lot of people don't understand.
0: They don't. They just The beneficialness see. of it. Yes, that you know, that's it. I. It's interesting that you say that. Those are great questions to ask. Like, what do I want? What kind of life do I want to live? Because if you want to live a life, you've got to take action. You've got to take steps. Like if there's something mm-hmm. you need to learn, you need to take the course so that you can have that job. Or, you know, if there's a hobby that you want to do, you want to be a woodcarver, you might need to take a course for that you don't just all of a sudden have the talent, you know, you need to learn things. And it's just, it, it's just, it really is an incredible question to ask so that you can, because when we ask, answers come when we're, when we sit and we're quiet for a little bit. I was, you know, I I grew up <laughs> and, I, and this might even, this is really dated, but when I grew up, I, the message that I received was that women could be five. There was five jobs for women. Like you could be waitress, stewardess, secretary, flight attendant. No, stewardess is flight attendant, nurse or teacher. Okay. Teacher. Pretty, I was
1: going to say teacher. Right. That was, was projected
0: like, onto me a lot. Pretty limited list, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't even know where that came from, but that seems to be the message that I got. It could have been from TV or who knows what. So I was like, okay, of that limited list. What can I do? Oh, I'll be secretary. You know, I thought of, oh, then I work nine to five. I have weekends off. I have my two weeks holidays. <laughs> okay. My life will be good. And I thought that was my lot in life. And I was a great secretary because I was a people pleaser, right? I was doing what I was told. What a great job. Like, just tell the secretary what to do. She'll do it. Like, get me coffee. Oh, okay, sure. All right. What else? You want your shoes polished? I'll do that. Oh, you want and me to pick lawyers... up the laundry?
1: Yeah. I have a friend who's a lawyer and he told me, he's like, yeah, I just, the paralegals do all the work and I just sign off on it.
0: Yeah. Right. So that was a perfect job for me. But what I did, autopilot, that's what I was doing. I was really good because I was a people pleaser. So I wanted to do the best job I could because I didn't want them to not like me. Like, and I hope anyone that's listening, because you probably have a younger uh, demographic listening, maybe. I hope they're paying attention like, oh, that's, that's what I do. So don't, I had stomach issues, my stomach, I'd be in meetings taking minutes and my stomach's like, you know, embarrassed because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. I was doing what I was told, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and so it was one at once I, but although, you know, um, my stepfather died when I was, um, young. And it changed my life. I loved my stepfather and it changed my life. It made me realize somehow he was only 38 and it, it I attached to his, his death that I didn't want to stay in a job that didn't serve me. So his death was a beautiful gift for me because I never stayed in a job that didn't serve me. For 20 years, I was a secretary, but I quit my job. I changed jobs almost every year because I was like, okay, I'm done here. This isn't serving me anymore. And I would quit my job without it. It's, I know it's different world that we're in today, but at that time we were told you need to have a job to get a job. You have to have experience. Like, and I thought, how do you get a job? If you have a job, like how many appointments could you possibly have if you're going for interviews? Like I can't, I couldn't lie. Like, oh, I have another doctor's appointment and I would, they would know that I was lying (laughs) because I was all dressed up that day.
1: (laughs) And, And looking for a job is a full time job. Anybody that's been
0: through it It is you know, so I, I and I know we're in the gig economy, and it's it's different i i I, I don't know that it's better um, it, it's a little bit better because people get to do what they want, but these gig jobs, like Uber and driving for people around and rideshare and uh, i don't know they're minimum wage jobs and they're <laughs> they're not really getting compensated unless you're really hustling, and then you're dependent on on ratings and all of that stuff. So it's, uh it's, it's, you are in charge of your own time, but at what cost really?
1: And it's sometimes those jobs, I think, train you to be in that mindset when you're working, not always, but it, they train you to be in that mindset of a people pleaser. That, mm. I, I think that mindset is a big prison when you're in that cycle of pleasing others. But if you're relying on tips and ratings and you just don't know what you're going to come across and yeah, it just not knowing how much money you're going to make in a week or that can be very intimidating. But if you're in a job that is designed to, yeah, you're you're on the front end of it is designed to pay the people in the office designing the app more than the people who are using the app to do the service. You have to think.
0: Yeah. And it's it's fine. Like it's 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 a job, and it's something to mm-hmm. maybe keep you busy or you know give you a little bit of of money. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I think yeah. Anyway, so I so for for me, I've 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 really I I just feel like when when I I just go for things. I get ideas and then I do it. I don't think about mm-hmm. it because I think when we. When we get an inspired idea, like those things where you go, oh, and, and you just get all fired up, whatever it is, like a, an idea for a business or a hobby or somewhere you want to travel to, you get that where you take that sharp inhale and you're so excited. I'm going to say right now, you need to take action right away. Write it down. Take a step towards that, because if you don't, you might talk yourself out of it. Like, Oh, remember mm-hmm. last time? Oh, I don't have time to do that right now. I'll put that on the shelf for now. And what I say to people, that idea was given to six people. I don't know how many around the world. If it's a business idea, six months from now, you're going to see that idea and you're going to go, I had that idea. That's right. They took action. You didn't.
1: Exactly. I've had things on the show that I want to talk about. I was like, I'm going to do a solo episode and I'm going to talk about this. Oh, I'll, I'll go in. And you know, a couple months later, it's on YouTube. So why didn't um, I why didn't I publish that?
0: Right? Yeah, we get in our head. We we are our worst own enemy. Like we would never have a friend like the voice in our head. Like when we have our alone time and we're ruminating over something. That voice in your head is so brutal. Like it's it's rarely one that says, Yay, hey, good job, pat on the back. It's like, no, remember la 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 la. So we have to Dismiss that and override that. We we need to, uh, and and we need to find supporters. You know, don't go to the people that are always. You know, I, w- I was looking for support from family for years. Like I wanted them to acknowledge I'm doing this thing that's changing the world. Like I'm, i this is a potential thing that will benefit the whole world because everybody eats and creates food scraps. And I, I chose media as my marketing strategy. So I've had over 300 articles, TV, radio, and since 2020, over 300 podcast episodes. And every Congratulations. time I... Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. It, every time I got an article in, in the paper in the in the early years, I had to phone up my mom, yay, mom, I got an article in the Star or whatever. And she'd say, Oh, well, what are they writing about? (laughs) You know, article 50. It's like, what are they writing about? They're writing about worms and how I'm changing the world. (laughs) Like, I like, I I, I don't know why we just want acknowledgement from people that might never give it. They're maybe not able to, to give it and -hmm. it's okay. We need to have our own self-worth and not look outside for people to acknowledge what we're doing.
1: Absolutely. And Something I've learned is you're going to get more support from strangers for your business podcast, whatever you're putting out there. You're going to yeah. get more support from strangers than you are people close to you. I have people who, you know, acquaintances, people I run into every now and then that I hang out with and they're, they'll ask me about, you know, who I'm dating or they want to be in my business and they never ask me about my podcast. Mm. Like, wait a second. Or, I'll be like, Hey, you know, can you get me a five-star review? Help me grow. Help me help me with my reach. And they don't, they're just like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You do a podcast. It's so passive to them. And sometimes it's, it stings a little, but I was reading one of my favorite authors is Jensen Cherish. She's writing a book called Badass Habits. And when you want to put new habits in your life, the gist is you have to become a different person. And sometimes when you are experience personal growth, when you've changed your mind about something, you've learned more, or you're stepping into a new version of yourself, it gets to the subconscious of the people around you because they feel like they're losing you. When they're really just losing a version of you.
0: That's it, That's why yes. it's so
1: hard to get support from people that are closest to you versus which I mean, my family's super supportive, and then I've got some close friends who listen. But people in my everyday circle, you know, I, I don't get to talk about my podcast as much. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. Just- I, I, I know it's it's fascinating. Yeah, f- friends, they don't they don't ask about the worm business. They're like, you know, oh, you still doing that worm thing?
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> for twenty-two years,
0: <laughs> been on
1: the over three hundred podcasts.
0: <laughs> over seventy-five thousand students have seen my presentation. I mean, it's seventy-five thousand. And you know, you know, Ellen, cool. we make an we we make an impact every day. We just don't know. Like, we say hello to somebody on the street, or we smile at somebody. We might have changed their life. We don't know. We often don't know the impact that we're having. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing that I have made an impact because I've been doing worm workshops for 20 years. Um, I've met students who they'll come up to me at a show and they'll say, oh, Kathy, you came into my grade three class. And because we had worms in the class, I took environmental studies at college. And now I'm an environmental lawyer. Like Amazing. Wow. Mind-blowing.
1: I think... We've got a long way to go. I mean, we've, we're learning more, but as far as caring for the environment and the ecosystem, there's so much we haven't touched on as a society.
0: It starts with us, though. We need to care about us. We need to. We don't take the time to self-care. We say it's selfish if we look after ourselves. Self-care is healthcare. We've we, COVID showed us there's no room at the inn. <laughs> Don't get Self-care sick. Self-care is
1: health care.
0: Yes. I, I love that. Yes. Right? It, it totally is. We need to take time. Like people say, I don't have time to go to the gym. You don't have time not to. I don't go to the gym. I just laugh. But right, whatever it is, the exercise that you do, you need to do exercise. We got to move. Otherwise, our body seizes up. And yeah, our body is, it's a machine. It's resilient. We are, it's its an awesome invention. I don't know where our bodies came from, but wow, what a system. We can treat it like crap, like feed it all this junky junk. We can drink and let us not sleep and do all this. And still, we can still function. Wow. But it's decades later that the results come. I, you know, I say to people, th- it, these things that we do are cumulative. If you have a chocolate bar every day, it seems like, oh, well, one chocolate bar, no big deal. No big deal that one day. But if you do it every day, that's 365 in one year. And then over your lifetime, and it's the cumulative. Imagine if you went a walk for a walk around the block every day instead. Like every time you wanted to have that chocolate bar, you went for a walk around the block. It would change everything.
1: Absolutely. And I... Yeah, it blows my mind to think about, you know, talk about chocolate bars. Yeah, enjoy one every now and then. But the detrimental effects of sugar on your body is something to think about, something to be mindful about. And, you know, I always try to prioritize movement a couple times a week. But sometimes, especially especially after today, because after this interview, I've got some work calls I've got to be on. And I'm, I'm going to really need to stretch. And I'm glad that my body gives me that nudge. It's like, hey, let's do some stretches before you get out there. Remember me. Or getting sick sometimes is a body's reminder. Is of, It's like, okay, what have you done for me lately?
0: Oh, I when we get sick, it it was coming for some time. It was like maybe started as a little something. And then we get a little nudge and then it gets closer. It's like, oh, not taking action. And then And then all of a sudden it's a full-blown whatever. Now you've got the full-blown bronchitis or something. And you have to, you you can't function. You have to lay down. You know, again, back to 2020, I think that that really showed us that, because people were going to work when they were sick before. They'd be like, if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. That kind of mentality. So they would go to work and then everybody would get sick in the office or wherever you work because it was contagious. So you needed to take stay at home. And I think that's what COVID gave us. Was it you now although kinda of give people an excuse if they don't want to go somewhere that can say I'm I'm sick.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, but you know, yeah. I think it's perfectly acceptable to say, and I've I've had to get comfortable saying it. It's like, yeah, I don't really want to go out this weekend. Or I just want to stay home this weekend. I need to I sometimes I say, you know what, I need time to recharge my batteries. I need time to work on my podcast. I just want to read this weekend. I just want to chill weekend.
0: Yeah, and, and not feel like people are okay with that. That's it. Yes, your people will be okay. They'll be like, "Ah, perfect. Yes, take time for you. You you deserve it." Yeah. So, you know, in our body, <clears throat> we have um our blood. Our blood is pumped by our heart. We have a, another fluid called lymphatic fluid. i sorry, one second. And there's three times the amount of lymph in our body than blood. Three times the amount. There's no pump for our lymph. It only moves when we move. And, you know, during this cuckoo time, I took a deep dive into, um, learning about how, how, how I can take care of myself better. I've always looked after, like, <laughs> I, I, I said all along, I, I don't really have a story about healthcare because I'm all about prevention. I don't want to hit rock bottom. Why would I want to go all the way down there? I want to start from where I am and go up. And I don't want to get sick. I don't want to, I want to, actually, my goal is to live to 111. So if if that is my goal, and it is, (laughs) or better, Um, you know, I need to be, I need to be vibrant and healthy and taking care of myself now. And and energy, everything is energy. People are like, oh, you have so much energy. It's like, good, I have life then. Because as we get older, we start to slow down and we do less and we walk less and we have aches and pains. I Not me they some people (laughs) um because they don't move like people aren't moving and so back to lymph so i went attended a lymph as a lifelong learner (laughs) i attended all these summits there's summits for every part of the body i don't know if you knew (laughs) so i attended a lymphatic summit and learned about the three times lymph. and there's a lymph massage that i do every day now you know if people have cancer cancer doctors say don't move your lymph because that will move the cancer around no that's that's thinking inside the box that's thinking in the little ball of knowledge that they know that's what they heard in school that's not the truth the truth is the lymph system the lymphatic system is our disposal system it's meant to get the toxins out when we're sweating we're moving our lymph we're getting the toxins out um, if we have swelling, it's because our lymph is not is not flowing. If your face is puffy, it's because the lymph glands are are blocked. You know, we have to move our lymph. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure why I went on that little tangent, but just taking care of ourselves it's really essential.
1: Well, it's good information because the lymphatic system is being talked about quite a bit now, and I know um, the gua sha is very popular and. As a skincare nerd, I'm like, well, what did they do exactly? And my acupuncturist said, oh, this is something you should do for your lymphatic system. Helps your face look less puffy because you're eliminating the toxics. Sure. And it's like, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So a lot of people are invested into their lymphatic system and figuring out what they can do to move around. I mean, we're just in the age of information, learning more and more about health every single day and how we can take care of ourselves. And a lot of it is going back to what you said earlier. It's going back to nature. Mushroom coffee. Right.
0: Mushroom coffee, yes. Talk about mushroom coffee.
1: <laughs> breathing exercises. <laughs> yeah. This simple, I, I did a breathing exercise workshop. This simple, you know, that's what I was a task. The simple act of breathing can change but how you grow intentional, intentional breathing.
0: Intentional breathing. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And earthing, you know, just being barefoot on the ground.
1: Oh, I love earthing.
0: Ah, uh, I was introduced in 2010 to earthing. Um, and I bought a book and then there's a documentary um, about earthing and everybody should watch it because it just makes so much sense that when we started wearing shoes, we got disconnected from earth's en- energy. And that's that is what gives us energy, first of all. And feeds our body. It helps us just to neutralize things. I I earth, except in the winter. I earth every day. I do a little morning routine outside on the earth before the sun's up, or as it's just coming up. It's so beautiful. It's and then the breathing, just deep breathing. There's it. It doesn't take a lot of time to take care of ourselves. It really doesn't. But but we need to do it with intention. What do I want today? I want to be healthy and vibrant, and how can I serve? That's the question that I ask every day. How can I serve more? How can I be a better person? Like I'm already great, I'm already doing great work. What can I do more? because when we're serving, and I don't mean in a religious way, I just mean when we're helping people, we feel good, and I don't mean yeah. as a people pleaser I just mean like you know, holding the door for somebody or, you know, asking someone, you know, I see somebody. I'm, I'm, I had an experience which opened my eyes to, I would, I would, here's what the thing. I was invited to speak at, um, uh, a conference. It was the CAF conference for the, the, the fair and exhibition people. And I was like, these are going to be the fun people. This is going to be the funnest conference ever. So, I was a speaker there and now it's an annual conference. So they see each other like this is, you know, the, the summer exhibitions that travel around. They have rides and they have games and stuff. And they're in every state, every province, every, every city has a little fair. When I went to that conference, um, I was amazed. I, although I was one of the speakers, nobody asked me to go for dinner. Nobody asked me to like join them in their group. So I ended up going to bed quite early. I could hear everyone partying and having fun. And I was feeling bad for myself. Like, oh, what about me? How come I wasn't invited? I'm a fun person. And it was okay. I had this realization that, wow, this is one day in my life. What about if you're someone that looks different? Someone that has maybe a special need. Maybe you have a mental health thing going on. And people are afraid of you. So nobody goes near you. Nobody talks. You don't have any friends. And I and I really and I had this realization that I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna I'm gonna serve the people that aren't being served. And my goal now, I I we didn't talk about laughter yet, but one of my goals is to teach people with Down syndrome to be laughter yoga leaders. And that came to me while I was walking in the forest. I had this whole movie about what I would be doing. I was like, oh my gosh, what is that sounds so big. I got it because if it's if it's if if we don't have that feeling of oh my god this how am i going to do this it might not be a big enough goal <laughs> right and and i mean big enough in that it's going to it's going to move you to another level where your life is different after you after you do that thing
1: i like that it's almost like the saying if your dreams don't scare you you're not dreaming big enough that's it yeah
0: And and that sounds weird. Like people are like, I don't want to be scared. It's not scared like that. Someone's going to come and take you away or something. It's 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 a a fear of. I don't know. It might be what if I'm successful? Then what will happen? Or what if I fail? What will people think? Like who cares? Nobody even cares about. I'm sorry, people listening. Nobody cares about you. They don't. About your little things that you do in the day. We think, oh, what are they going to think? Oh, I did that thing and that was so embarrassing. How can I go out in public? Like, look at Bill Clinton. He was able to go and he's a speaker now. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's had, a, I mean, pretty much all
1: politicians in the US have had... Scandals. You know, scandals is a good word for it. I was going to say F-ups, but... <laughs> I I do have a lot of parent friends that listen to the podcast. So I want to be PG here. (laughs) Yeah. And they still show up every day. I mean, just about every, every famous person has embarrassed themselves in some way or another. Even Taylor Swift. Right. Has done something to embarrass herself, has done something, has made questionable decisions and they're still showing up because people who focus on it are projecting their insecurities onto you.
0: Except right? So either you allow that to shut you down. Okay, that's it. I guess my life is over. I'm not going to how I can't show my my face again. Or you're like, here I am. I did that thing. Apologize for if you made an error. Apologize, just own up. I did it. I'm sorry. I'll do better next time.
1: I'll do better. I have learned. I've learned. Yeah. Well, tell us about uh, what you have coming up in the next year. What are some of your goals? What are you putting out there? Other ventures that you have and how we can work with you.
0: I love it. So I I am a laughter yoga teacher and I do have, so laughter is going to be, I'm really focusing on that. I'm really focusing on that. It's Tuesday morning. Come and join me. You're an early person. I would love that. it's, it's 9 30 a.m eastern on zoom 30 minutes of super fun self-care i incorporate tapping qigong brain gym my goal is just to help people get out of stress and into joy and i don't follow up i don't you're not in a funnel this is my offering to the world the the goal of the founder of laughter yoga dr Kataria in india his goal is world peace and, in order for us to have world peace, we all need to be laughing so that's this is just my little give back i do I do a lot of paid gigs with laughter as well in corporations and long term care special needs uh, that's that actually my my laughter income has surpassed my worm income <laughs> and, Wonderful. and it's right, and it's so fun it's really a fun thing. I feel great when we're laughing, we're secreting the love drugs versus the stress hormones. We're oxygenating our beautiful body. We can come up with better solutions, and we get connected when we're laughing together. We we see each other. We're like, like especially on Zoom and gallery view, it works beautifully. We're looking at each other. We're playing together, and it's just a little game. So, so in the in the coming year, I'll be working on my Down syndrome project, which is. How do, how do I get into that community? If anyone's listening and and they're involved in the Down syndrome um, world, if you have children or or you work in that environment, please connect because I have a big a big idea that's going to change the world. Because Down syndrome does not have borders or socioeconomic status. It it doesn't it doesn't um, discriminate. So Isn't that's easy. that's me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I, like just laughter because. I really want people to care about the planet, but when you're in a mental crisis, that's where you're living, and you can't think about, you can't care about your neighbor or anything else.
1: Wonderful. And where can we find you and follow you?
0: Okay, so I'll give you my worm website and my laughter website. My worm website is com, Kathy with a C, and my laughter page is com.
1: Kathy's club.com. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing more from you. And maybe we'll have you back on the show to talk about laughter yoga, because I think that's going to be a really expansive topic as well.
0: I would love it. I would really love it because it's something we have a global mental health tsunami at the moment.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, we're realizing it, but we've got a lot of work to do.
0: We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do, but, but the tools are here and I think it's by connecting. So having a podcast, listening to inspirational speakers, it's, it's just a way to lift ourselves up.
1: Yes. Definitely wealth of information. Yes. Thank you so much, Kathy. I cannot wait to hear more from you and thanks for being on the show and sharing with us.
0: Thank you for allowing me to be your first guest of the year. Yup. (laughs) yes thank you for being the first guest of the year
1: thank you for being a part of the lifelong learners collective your listenership means so much to me To further support this independent podcast, I hope you share this show with others and leave a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts to help expand this reach among those who are yearning to evolve, expand their mind, and be a game changer in their community. Above all else, I hope you are inspired on this show and continue to learn something new each and every day.